wanted to talk to you about our Holy Father, the late Holy Father, Pope Benedict. Because he's not Pope Emeritus anymore, is he? So you don't have to call him Pope Emeritus. You call him Pope Benedict, who has died. And I just wanted to remember him a bit. He had a huge influence on me through being at events that he was at, so in person, but also through his writings massively. Now, Pope Benedict, or Cardinal Ratzinger, as he used to be called, much misunderstood, and I would say much maligned. He talked to people and they say, oh, you know, I love Pope Francis, but I didn't like the other guy. <laughs> I'd be like, you mean Pope Benedict? They're like, yeah, oh, I didn't like that fella. No, something about him. And sometimes I'd, I'd query them, I'd ask, uh, well, was it something he wrote? And they're like, no, I never really read anything. All right, was it something like he said? Did you hear him speak and it was something he said? No, just don't like him. Now, folks, that would be a problem. <laughs> and I think a lot of it had to do that the media didn't seem to like him at all. If you noticed, well, if you remember, and you probably noticed it, you know, if you look, look him up in sort of mainstream media, often the pictures that were used, not only the words, which were often just getting this negative spin on him, but often the pictures that were used weren't very nice. They weren't very flattering. They kind of got him almost like, like Dracula or something. And that has a profound effect on us. When someone is constantly depicted in a way, even subconsciously, negatively, we can take that on and then start to, oh, I don't really like him. But then if you meet him or if you read him or you hear him speak, you go, oh. And that happened over and over with Pope Benedict. I was there in New York at the time when he came to visit. I was in the seminary actually, where he came to visit. Again, the negative, oh, Benedict, uh, negative, negative, you know, the Rottweiler of the church and oh, he's so rough and tough and not nice and loving. But then when they actually got to meet him, they were totally won over. In fact, that experience in New York was amazing. It was a spring weekend, I believe. You know, none of the flowers were out yet. And we were, you know, I was kind of getting ready. It was low, like two years out, they were preparing for it. It was insane. And he eventually comes. And then right before he arrived in New York, the temperature went up, the sun came out, and all of the flowers, I kid you not, like all of the trees, the cherry blossoms, everything exploded into flower. And so for that whole weekend, it was just beautiful weather and looked amazing. It looked like we'd put all the, you know, we'd put all of these flowers out. And it was a real sense of sort of the Lord had arrived and the Lord's anointed one had arrived in the city and he just won everybody over because in person, he was a really, he was a really beautiful soul. And uh, one of my high, highlights definitely of my seminary days was I got to serve mass with him. So it was the first time a Pope had ever said mass in St. Patrick's Cathedral. There was lots of us friars in the diocesan seminary there in Yonkers, just north of the Bronx, which is the archdiocesan seminary. Of course, lots of the diocesan seminarians were chosen, but they selected just two of us friars. And it was me and Father Isaac were chosen to serve mass. We had to wash his hands, you know, when, during the mass when you get to wash, wash the priest's hands but it was amazing to be like right there you know and he comes along and he was just almost like the image that came to mind was like a little lamb being led around he actually had like this fluffy uh something over his shoulders it almost looked like a little lamb but he was just you know very peaceful and smiling he had a guy like leading okay this way now holy father and over here now he's like okay so he comes over to us and he gives a little nod and looks at us and smiles so and of course, it's amazing to be that close to someone so famous. But it was also beautiful because it was so simple and reverent. And during the Mass, like being sitting right there and just seeing him celebrate his Mass just there, he was so 
reverent. Like it was not about the, the dignitaries. I don't even remember if the president was there, but like all these politicians and famous people and all of these news you know, stations and newspapers, the place was jammed and he couldn't care less. He was absolutely ignoring all of those things, just eyes only for the Lord. Uh, and really profound how he celebrated the Mass. And his, uh, was it his secretary at the time also? I can't remember his name. He spoke to us a little bit before the Mass, all of the servers, and just what he said to kind of get us into that place of serving. You know, he was really exactly what I saw in the Holy Father. It was like, forget about all the people, forget about this is about worshipping Jesus. This is what we're here to do. And we do that calmly and with dignity and with prayerful reverence. You know, that sort of a thing. It was just beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so that had a, a really profound effect on me. But that wasn't all. Like, he was just so brilliant. Just so incredibly brilliant, but incredibly faithful. For me, he, he proves that it is possible to be, as he said in Goodwill Hunting, wicked smart. You could be like so smart, so intelligent, and still believe. Like those two things are definitely not mutually exclusive. You saw the same in St. John Paul II, incredibly smart individual, but a, with a, a profound faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what you see in Pope Benedict. And he doesn't hold back. He doesn't like switch his brain off at all. He engages full on an incredible academic and did wonderful things for me, just almost like learning how to think. Ta -da! Introduction to Christianity. Uh, one of his major contributions, fantastic introduction to the faith, but uh, not, not for slouches, you know, like you need to have your brain switched on, especially that first chapter. And he looks at the, the scientific mentality and how that's now come to predominate everything we, every, every way we look at reality in ourselves and God is predominated by this scientific mentality. But he says that that often excludes faith and it seems like they can't mix. And that faith is actually based on a different way of thinking, more metaphysical way of thinking. One asks this question of like, well, what use is it, the scientific thing? How can we use this thing uh, to make, you know, make money to, to, as a tool? Whereas uh, the metaphysical way of thinking says, what does it mean? Interesting, right? Scientific thing is all about knowledge. I want to know these facts and figures, but it's actually the metaphysical question. You could almost say the poetical question, the poetic question is what does it mean? Uh, which is not so much knowledge, it's more understanding. I want to understand this person in who they are, not just what use they could be to me. So anyway, in that and various other ways, Pope Benedict, especially in Introduction to Christianity, brings out this fact that reason needs faith. It needs this openness to the, spirit, the spiritual realities of life, this openness to the metaphysical questions of what does it mean? What does my life mean? That's not a question that science can answer. And that's probably the content for another talk, but it's just very, very important. So, so where science ends its capacity to see reality, it can be helped by faith. It can be helped by revelation. It can be helped by metaphysics and by asking those more fundamental, essential questions. Yeah, so I find reading him, it's like, it's like going to the chiropractor from my mind. I, I start to, I feel like I, I think more like a Catholic. I, I'm able to think 
more with the mind of Christ, more with the mind of the church, with a heart that really beats for Jesus and for his church, but also with a mind that's, that's sharper, that understands things, that's not afraid to look at difficult issues. It's not afraid to, to enter into dialogue and conversation with people who completely dif- disagree with, uh, with me, with the church. Truth is something real, it's something alive, and, and it's something encounterable through faith and through reason. I am so indebted to Pope Benedict. I'm so grateful for him, for his teaching, for his pontificate, for the many years that he led the church and served the church prior to that. And for these many years, since his retirement as Pope, when he has served through silent prayer and sacrifice, an incredible disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. May he rest in peace.